The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. Adnan Burke is here, and this is awesome because I didn't know how the, all the scheduling stuff was going to work out, and I guess we did have this one down mm-hmm. because your days are limited, and I don't mean that in a weird way, like we've got a meeting about you, Yeah, um, but because you're traveling so much for college football. So I'm really excited. So two more shows to go here. Rossillo Show, ESPN Radio. What's up now? First and foremost, congratulations, because I feel like there's a lot. Uh, no, no, listen, no. there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of like, I know that the way you are, because you are um, neurotic like me, and you'll you'll change your mind about things. So first off, congratulations <laughs> on this next step of your Might journey. For that one. It's a bold step. And the best part for me was, because we've discussed this so much, and I felt like I've been your counsel at times throughout yeah. this process. Uh, I appreciate that. So when I listened in the car yesterday, I said, all right, how much of this is you going to tell the truth? You can't tell the whole truth, obviously. You can be transparent to a certain point. And then as I'm listening, I'm like, no, that's true. Yeah, that's accurate. Mm-hmm, that did happen. And it was fabulous radio. I mean, that is exactly why people love you, because you're always honest, and it was unvarnished. And as I tweeted, why would we expect anything less? You're going to let it all hang out, and that's what makes you great. So good for you for at least, I don't want to say controlling the message. You just told the truth. And I think in this day and age, that's a rarity, right? I know. That's really all I was trying to do, and I really appreciate how much people liked it in the the last 24 hours. So yeah, it's a huge ego boost for a couple days. Like, oh yeah, you know, but the congratulations (laughs) stuff, like, well, I actually have a lot of work to do now and I have to make this work. So I'm kind of telling people like, yeah, you know, thank you. And then I had an on-air guy say, well, what's it like? What's it feel like? Do you recommend everyone do it once in their career? Like, well, hopefully it doesn't get to that point where you have to kind of do that stuff. But another manager came by and goes, wow, you know, yesterday was something else. You have Levitard call the baseball commissioner a liar and then you talk about not coming back and we had some real wow moments. I'm like, well, I don't know that you were able to keep that up. There's only so many right. commissioners, and you couldn't just have guys left. But and it right is on. true. I couldn't leave the car at 1230 because the love it Manfred. And I said, well, I certainly can't leave at 1. I had to listen to you. So, listen, enjoy the adulation while it can. <laughs> yeah, because it's and two days. I mean, who are we kidding? It's Christmas, and then you've all moved on. And then a lot of you guys are hitting me up when you haven't heard from me in a few weeks going, right. you idiot. So, right. uh yeah, and the podcast is still great. You'll still be around. I emphasize that because I don't. That think is. people think you're done. Like, well, no, I'm not, no. not really done. I'm, I'm under here. contract for another nine months. Correct. We're going to ESPN is distributing it. Rosillo Podcast, whatever. We'll come up with the name. Saru's producing it, and I just had a meeting about the whole deal. So you know, look, you're just going to get still going to get me, man. Just a little bit less. Subscribe, unsubscribe, yeah, then subscribe a million again. times. <laughs> How about two million? Let's try to match that last number for the show. That is straight talk. I don't know what to do because we had a a start for the show. LeBron. Sort of. Yeah, I, re- I heard it yesterday, the revamping, rebuilding of the Cavs. That's good stuff. That was yesterday yeah. uh, after we did the, the opening segment. Um, but you sent a note, and you want me to take your Raptors more seriously. And I can't tell what's real with you. I don't know. We get, In your note, we get, hey, we had yeah. the, the guy from Whiplash. J.K. Simmons on J.K. Simmons. You know, this, is, yeah. this is how the note works. So Rudy tells us who the guests are. <laughs> Here's some topics. Here's some links to some stories. I come in. I right. read through the stuff. I kind of meet with Saruti on the side by myself, and then we kind of do another meeting with everybody else. Yeah. You go every week. Yeah. How about my Raptors? Yeah. What about Hot Stove? And did you hear who was on Cinephile? So what would you like to, in our last time here together, what would you actually like to do? Because I don't think you put a ton of effort into the note. Well, I'll be, I'll be fair here. Okay, right, fair. You're more of an on-air guy. Yeah, I save it. I save it for when the camera's on and the lights are on. All I want to say about the Raptors is this. And Dan Schulman sent out this tweet, which I just think is notable. All right. The Raptors are 21 and eight. They've played more road games than home games and more games versus the West than the East. 
Not saying they can beat the Celtics or Cavs in a playoff series just yet, but this is pretty good stuff so far. Here's a morsel to chew on. Okay, but I think this can be a bigger thing because I don't know that I can start the show today just Raptors, all Raptors all the time. <laughs> because the Raptors speak to me in a way that other teams speak to me, and it's actually not a compliment. <laughs> you remember a couple years ago, you and I doing the shows, and the Raptors looked like they were starting to break through a little bit. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I go, I like them. I think they're tough. They've got two guys that can score. I've always been a Lowry fan. I've always liked DeRozan. I know these these are not perfect players with DeRozan's approach to today's Over, game. Overpaid contract. Yeah, yeah but or, right. you know, I'd rather pay a guy like DeRozan too much than some of these other dudes. Right. But yes, he's not going to be a franchise-carrying superstar, and there's just not that many of those guys. Right. He's a scorer, and that's it. So a couple years ago, I tried to. I was going on TV, and I'm talking about the Raptors saying, you know, you know, don't sleep on the Raptors. I'm not... I'm not telling you they're coming out of the East, but I respect them a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then they went to the playoffs that year, and they got worked. And I don't care about the Cavs on the road in that playoff series because the Cavs didn't care two years ago. Right. And then I think people forget what even happened with the Raptors last year in the playoffs. And I don't. they would have to be holding the trophy this year for me to go, you know what? They ended up being a little bit better than I thought. Because I just, I don't respect them. I don't think they're tough. And I think when you look at it last year, they were swept again. I go, those dudes get to the playoffs and all they do is miss a million shots. Pass. So you feel like once bitten, twice shy. What if I told you the improving core around DeRozan and Lowry's improved? OG Ananobi. OG's been really good. Right? Valanchunas. Jakob. Jakob Pertl's last last month's been pretty good. Right. You know what you're getting from DeRozan. You know what you're getting from Lowry. I think Ibaka's always sort of this weird player. Defensively, this is the crazy thing. Defensively, they're sixth. Offense, they're fourth. There are stats that tell you it's good. The surrounding cast and all that stuff. But even the Cavs series two years ago that went six games, it just didn't feel like it was competitive. And the stuff that I was hearing, too, is just, hey, it's it's the Raptors. And then you, you get the second chance at it. Right. And those guys, all they do is miss shots in the playoffs. These two players that I'm telling you at times I've liked, they've done too much to me for me to be able to buy back in. It it is stunning. If you look at the numbers, the field goal percentage for DeRozan and Lowry regular season come playoff time, whether or not they press too much, they're not playoff performers, et cetera. All I'm saying is that if they can just level out, just don't take that decrease and supporting cast is better. It's almost a theory of inevitability, right? You almost just get tired of picking Cleveland or Boston. You go, well, why not the Raptors? But I understand your point. It would still be a reach to take them. I'm just saying they are still third in the East. They're worthy of of mention. They're still not better than Boston or Cleveland. Are there other teams? But a solid three. We're we're already talking too much about the Raptors, and that's my fault. Because the thing is, is like, do you have a team for you that that happens in sports where you've just gone? I don't care. And it's not teams that are bad. It's teams that no matter what you're seeing in front of you. You go, I'm sorry. I just, I'm never going to trust that you can get this done. I don't think you're mentally tough enough or whatever your makeup is. It doesn't work. We were kicking around the meeting. The Chiefs is another good one. The Chiefs, even after this hot start, there was still enough of me. And I'm not an Alex Smith hater. I'm not going to offense Rudy, but it was still like, hang on. Are the Chiefs really that? Are they really better than the Patriots or Steelers? I I don't want to hear, are they a good team? Okay. Yeah. Differential is great. It's always, are they the best in the AFC? And I have a tough time buying that. Chiefs are another team in the NFL. Chiefs is a really good one. In the NBA, like the teams that I always buy, Spurs, Warriors, Cavs, Celtics, Rockets a little bit. Rockets I don't buy. Don't you feel it's a little different this year? This year I do feel like they're a juggernaut, so I should be. But it's a little bit because Houston, Golden State, do I really think it's going to be that competitive? Am I really going to pick against the Warriors? But but it feels different this year. 
Kind of like Houston you with the Rockies. You've been like that with the Colorado <laughs> Rockies a lot. I'm like, you know, Charlie right. Blackman, I get it. Right. Enough pitching. T-Wolves a little bit in the East. I know they're not a contender, but they're a team that are like, nah, I don't really buy them yet. Yeah, especially so, in the West. Right. Uh, in baseball, it would be like, you know, the Diamondbacks, yeah, they made the playoffs, but you know, how much are they really going to do? That the Raptors one, though, is just so disappointing because you go, hey, I kind of like you guys. Right. And you go, oh, you're all going to shoot. You're going to miss every three. Okay, right. I get it. Right. I see what you're doing here. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. Adnan Verk with me all day, and I'm actually mad. I'm mad at us for doing that Raptor segment, taking it seriously. Because should, you think you alienated enough people? Yeah, I just I just don't no no no. I just don't oh. think that's what anybody wants from us today. You got a couple days to go here. Let's let's have some fun. Let's I'm getting feedback from Canadians, which I will now omit, but they had some comments with the Raptors talk, but I'll, we'll nip it in the yeah, bud. Yeah, we'll get now. to that later, maybe. Never. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I'll stress this. It should just be you and Tariko. Like I'll sit that one out. You guys should no, no, get in What there. am I gonna ask? You're Mike a pro. About? You're Mike, Winter Olympics. I love ski jumping. Yeah. Who's who's looking good? Finland? Sochi, real estate after the after the Olympics. But now what? <laughs> now what? How could we, you know? I'm just going to ask some Springsteen stuff. Hey, have you seen him on Broadway? I feel like people don't talk about Sochi enough. Okay, hey, listen, you if know you want to Sochi, then I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, like what happened? Like, it, what, it's the dog thing. Have we figured out the dog population? What's going on with the plumbing? Has right. has Sochi become the forgotten city after the Winter Games? I feel like it has. Right, it's kind of like a Lillehammer. Like everyone kept talking everyone about Everyone loved Lillehammer. Remember the, <laughs> the, the graphics? Those... those Artistic little deals there, and it was like the men with the two feet connected <laughs> right. to their bodies, right? Which is usually the way the anatomy works. But right. yeah, Lillehammer was huge at one point, and then we just move on. We never right. care about these cities anymore, right? Thanks for the two weeks of entertainment. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah, enjoy your your fake compounds that you're never going to use again, <laughs> right? They build all that stuff. I mean, has anybody checked on Brazil, oh, bro? Well, you were in Seriously. Greece post Athens Olympics, yeah. obviously, yeah. People are like that. That set the country back decades. Like brutal. Yeah, the Greece thing. They were painting the pools like day of events. <laughs> I don't think that's safe. <laughs> Is this going to work? Like, ah, Is anybody checking for lead? Right. Eh, yeah. We'll figure it out. They're not going to worry about it. This is the fifty meter. No one cares. No. Um, hot stove, slow. Well, Warm stove. I was going to say I can give you some winners and losers. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Let's give you a little bit here. Cardinals for Smallman, Marcelo Zuna. Yes. And Luke Gregerson, two years, 11 million. I've always liked Gregerson. I would say you like your relievers. Carlos Santana got three years, 60 mil from the Phillies. That's good. And how about the Angels? Otani, although there's some questions about the elbow, Kinsler and Kozart. So that's good news. Is Kinsler still good, though? 236 last season. Numbers in decline. That's true. So when I'm, all right, do your gym, you're more of a fitness guy. You're like a, you're becoming more of a high You left the normal gym that we were at. We were at LA Fitness yeah, together, and a lot I went of big to Big dudes, Sky. A lot yeah. of big dudes walking around, and you went to kind of like a more lower key one, right? Yeah, I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Because yeah. LA Fitness, you have a lot of guys just muscling up, chest out. Like every day was chest day. I'm like, well, hang on a second. Are we not going to do squats? Is that not allowed here? Would you, that- because of your baseball experience, <laughs> would you notice a PED user immediately? <laughs> I think one time you said to me, like, how about that guy over there? Like, no, he's huge, like you think? Like, like you think that's <laughs> like, normal? You see those scabs on his neck? <laughs> like, that's not, that's not real. Like, right. that's, that's late 80s Texas Rangers baseball right Like, there. nobody was asking for a lift. Normally, like, a guy bench neck, he just spot me. Nobody, yeah. everything, no, I got this. So, all right, we Eight know that, plates. we know that you have, have changed it around <laughs> yeah. to where you're doing some of this other kind of fitness stuff. So I'm just, yeah. Do people, do guys ask you about the hot stove? Do you have Red Sox fans that ask you? Little bit, like I find they recognize you and be like, "Hey, what's Ravi here?" Well, I I think I've dropped too much that I'm buddies with Aaron Boone and I'm buddies with Alex Cora. 
So now it becomes, hey, Sox tickets, Yankees tickets, what do you have? Oh, wait a minute. Guys are hitting you up for tickets? Right. And I said, listen, I don't even know if they can hook me up. Like, we're friends, and I think you can do it. They're you don't manager. think the managers of the team can I'm get you a ticket? I'm pretty sure, but you never know, man. <laughs> if I hit up AC, because you know what? I have an allotment of 10. They're already gone. So Cora goes to Sam Kennedy. He's like, hey, I need two. And Sam Kennedy, the Red Sox, says, I, you know what? I'm sorry, Booney. No, what happens? No, I'm sorry, Cora. No, Sam Kennedy Boone definitely will, wouldn't get it. Who's it for? Burke, is he going to show up in Jay's garb? Like, if, if the Red Sox are getting him tickets, he has to understand he can't show up wearing a John Olerud jersey. Is are you a, closer with Cora or Boone? I, I'm close to both, to be honest with you. I, I texted with Booney about you because he's a big fan of yours. He had no idea. I knew. I'm like, dude, you're, you're worried about Gary Sanchez. You don't know what's happening with ESPN Radio. And I was like, we're silly. He's like, wow. But he was, it was just like, he put like three exclamation points. Boone offered oh. me a job. <laughs> Well, I was about to follow because he goes, what's he going to do next? And I said, he's going to L.A., he's going to pursue writing. And he was you know, like, Boone said, if you don't want to do that, he goes, you got yeah. a job here in Pinstripes. Strength and conditioning? Yeah, just be around. General morale <laughs> Life advice. Yeah. So life advice became just life fit coach. in. You get the camera on me in the dugout, they're like, right. they could pinch run him. Um, <laughs> De facto bench coach, Ryan Russell. <laughs> just, yeah, no, I, I talked about it with Boone. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if that's the right fit right If you now. could have any job as a coach in baseball, it would be bullpen coach. Yeah. You just take the call, warm up Gregerson. Okay. Yeah. It, it, but it'd have to be somewhere warm. Like one of my friends argues the backup, or excuse backup me, the catcher. bullpen catcher in San Diego is the best job ever. That's a great call. Imagine, what do you do? Are you on the team? Mm, not really. Just home games in the bullpen. What's up? I mean, eventually it'd get, it'd get maybe a little frustrating if right. your parents were into banking. Sure. They'd be like, where's this going? Right. Like, well, right now I'm just, you know, catch some sliders and. Right. <laughs> Pack a few dips and just check out what's going on in the stands. Right. Gas lamp district. Awesome. Yeah. Don't yeah. back off. This happens a lot. Adnan with us today. The Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call or click today. Find out if you could save. Because it's happened. It happens in my deal mm-hmm. where they're just going back and forth. And I just want it on the record yeah. that the Red Sox give J.D. Martinez seven years. $200 million. They're, they're ridiculous. That is that I don't care how bad the offense declined last year for the Red Sox. Yeah. The J.D. Martinez thing, and it was an incredible year you he had last him. year. You love him. You never okay. raved about him last right. year. And you could even argue the year before that, even they struck out a ton, like good power numbers. Don't buy the only nice house in the neighborhood knowing you don't really want to buy that house. But they're going to get a hitter. They do feel like they need to revamp the, the offense. J.D. Martinez thinks seven years, 200 mil for a guy at 30 who's had two good years. So you want Hosmer then or no. Moustakas? I just would like I would like Bogarts and those guys to hit more home runs. Ben attendee, trust your stars, bets, etc. Tell right. Cora that. All right, I'll text AC. Hey, listen. Rosillo's out on this JD Martinez thing. Just wanted you to hear it. <laughs> two hundred million, a little too many stakes. Who else you got in that phone? Um Adam Amin just texted, I'm sad listening to Rosillo, big fan of his. I honestly the amount of DMs that I there's a weird one. You know, the whole sliding the DMs. I got so many DMs from A lot from of girls. People. No, uh, college guys were like, tell Rosillo. But like lengthy message. I've been listening since 2004. Yeah. At my lowest point, he's the one. Like, you can slide into his DMs if you like. Mm, you can't. I tried that for a couple of days. It was awful. People are, and you respond and. Yeah, no, it wasn't that I was responding. It was just I was getting hit up for, for, I mean, everything. Stuff. Like, I don't want to listen to your demo. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about rappers, not even guys. <laughs> <in this laughs> they yeah. just know your brother yeah. in the music industry. I think right? the highlight so far is Tori Wilson. Tori Wilson reached out. Yeah, I mean that's when I went. Dude, is that is that confirmed? Can we? Yeah. Can you retweet that? That's that unbelievable. Was, I was like, whoa. Like, what did he know. say? Who do you think I'm talking about? Like Tori Wilson, the baseball player. No, no. Tori no. Hunter, I'm thinking of Tori Wilson, the wrestler. <laughs> right, right. Did Tori Wilson? Tori Hunter be great too, though. Tori, if Tori Hunter reaches out, great zone reading, <laughs> zone factor. So Tori Wilson did reach out the wrestler. Range factor zone. Uh <laughs> yeah, the wrestler. She did. 
So what did she say? I think she just retweeted something with my name in it, but I think somebody else's name may have been in it. So <laughs> I, I thought know. it was an original tweet. My afternoons had, will not be the same yeah. without listening to Rosillo. Uh I'm not going to rule out that that's where she was going with it. Okay. All right. All right. I, I'm not going to rule that out. All right. Now, let's put odds on that. <laughs> Famous celebrities who will tweet goodbye to Ryan. So far, Tori Wilson's the bar said hi. Yeah, Tori Wilson's pretty high. But again, that one, I can't, I'm not dismissing all sure. connection. Sure. But I'm also, I don't know if I'll take that one as a win. Um, Shannon Spake said hey today. So that was kind of cool. That's a good she one. She played Shannon Spokes in Cars 3. Okay, I don't want to blow anything here, but is Chris Long going to be a part of the festivities the last I feel like no, Chris the has Eagles. To... That's an Eagles thing. So the people at the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not going to have him on and ask about Wentz and all this stuff. We don't even want to talk about football. Right, he doesn't. But we're trying to get him on tomorrow. Okay, so, all right. Let crit free Chris Long. <laughs> Actually, I you know I don't want to get him in trouble. But as of now, you know, playoff mode, they got to get their mind right. Who else, Rudy? Chris will be on. Chris is going to be on. Long is going to be on. Yes. All right. And um, still working a few things out. Working Christmas night. It's fine. Monday night, Friday, you can pick up a few minutes. Yeah, It'll be great. All right. Yeah. Tell him what Adnan. We have a said. surprise guest oh. tomorrow. We have a surprise Van guest. Van Pelt's going to come on. He's not the surprise guest. Who? Van Pelt. Van Pelt's coming on. Garai is going to do an ode to Rasillo. Garai, yes. See <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now I'm locked in for all three. I'm doing college football down the hall, but I'm like, if I hear Garai, I'll get Palmer and Galloway. I'm like, listen, you guys going to get over. Yeah, there. I thought Palmer was going to come by today with you. Tomorrow we were here. To, we're, he's here tonight oh, with me. Oh, with okay. Temple game. Temple. But tomorrow we have games at twelve thirty and four on ESPN. But if we get a third quarter break, I'll send Jesse over. I'll send Joey over. Whatever you want. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. I have to go to the gym and untangle my headphones while warming up on the treadmill. And I'll finally untangle them four miles later, at which point I'm going to be real tired. Oh, yeah. Motorcycles make everything exciting. And when Geico makes it easy to switch and save on motorcycle insurance, it's even more exciting. And once I put my headphones in, I'll realize my phone's dead. Then I get to run in silence. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Excited uh, in the last couple shows here to have a guy on that has meant a lot to me, uh, both professionally, personally, and somebody I first filled in on this this slot with, and that's Mike Tarico on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. What's up, man? The last link to uh, to the old show. Here you go. Congratulations. Do you want the sappy stuff now or at the end of the interview? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. You just do your thing, Mike, because you have good okay. instincts with this. So. It- Maybe I'll just maybe I'll just bust into it in the middle of an answer. How about that? Perfect, perfect. Merry Merry Christmas, you, Ed, and all the listeners. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, Mike. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, so one of the things that I wanted to get to, especially with somebody like you that's just seen so many NFL sure. games, is that 
I know that we play this game every week. We're like, who's real? Who isn't real? Like, how many teams do you think right now are even teams that you would take as serious contenders to the Pats? And you can go either being in the Super Bowl or in the AFC. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Kansas City. Yes. Still. I'll, I'll, detail, I'll detail in a second. Uh, and NFC, uh, I think Pittsburgh, uh, rather, uh, Philadelphia and Minnesota are, are for real. Uh, I, I think the completeness on both sides of the ball – uh, I, I don't think the quarterback drop-off is as significant, uh, even though Carson was doing some great stuff. I still think there's a ton of talent offensively there. I think they, uh, they've they really opened some eyes this year in what they've done, and credit to Doug Peterson for, for building that thing. Uh, after that, in the NFC, I'm, I, I'm leaning towards New Orleans over the Rams just because there's the breeze experience of having been there for the Rams' whole roster. It will be very new. And losing Zerline, their kicker, on IR with a back injury yesterday, that will be important because that's going to put more red zone pressure on this team. Zerline you know, would give you a possession where you hit a 53-yard field goal even though you got to the 35-yard line. That, that's a great benefit to an offense just in sustaining momentum and drive. So, And back to the AFC part real quick. You know, Kansas City still has enough defensively that if the secondary is playing good man coverage and they can get there with their pass rushes, they know a way to beat New England just in terms of Andy Reid teams hang around in games. So it's it's possible they could beat the Patriots again. And the Jacksonville thing, I'm getting ready to do Houston-Pittsburgh on Christmas Day. And I just watched Houston-Jacksonville for the second time uh, yesterday. A very exciting week I'm having. Yes. Jacksonville, <laughs> Jacksonville is for real because of their corners. They can get there with four-man pass rush. They can cover with their corners. So despite everything that you think, Jacksonville is for real. Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin know how to put a playoff type game plan together so i still consider them in the for real part it's interesting mike we were talking about teams that you can't necessarily trust or buy in and we were saying you know the chiefs are one of those teams and obviously they've slipped a little bit so now maybe it's become more fashionable to pile on with them but how, how does that team even when it starts to look like really good mike people just are never convinced of uh of their long-term success because alex smith hasn't won a ton of big games Andy Reid's gotten to so many big games without getting that Super Bowl win, so you're expecting things won't work out for them. I think that's why the perception is there. Uh, the reality is if Marcus Peters is playing and engaged and involved and he can be the corner that he can be, that, that allows you to do some other things on the back end. And th- this is a league with can you get there with four in the pass rush on those money downs, third downs, third quarter or fourth quarter, can you cover uh, with enough people that you don't have to compromise your ability to defend the run as well. Uh, and if you can do that, and Kansas City has the personnel that has done that, look, the Chargers were playing some good football, and Kansas City turned them over, had an impact game. Easier to do at Arrowhead than it is on the road, but if Kansas City wins the division, wins a home game, and they have to go to Foxborough, we know what happened week one. It doesn't mean it's going to happen again, because the Patriots' defense is much better. But there's no intimidation factor that there would be maybe for another team. So that's why people forget about them. But I keep them alive because they're always in the conversation, whether it's Alex or Andy. They're always, which sounds like a Disney show, they're always in the conversation (laughs) no matter what. We got Mike Tirico, NBC Sports, with us. So uh, what's it like when when you move on? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's 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 the typical all-time great Rosillo question that's, so so now, now now i'll get sappy what i love about you is your ability to ask questions other people won't your ability to see the world when everyone sees brown and green you see two different shades in there that that kind of make sense 
and your detailed knowledge of the NBA or the NFL, when you dig in and do research and, and uh, dive in on a project, that comes through without you being the smartest guy in the room or acting like the smartest guy in the room. I've always admired what you bring. I've always felt like this guy knows what he's talking about. I used to love calling you to get your read on NBA teams before I'd go in there, and that's why I think you're just such a unique uh, host and a unique talent. I hate the word talent, but you're so unique at all this, and that's why I'm going to miss hearing you every day, and I'm so fired up for what your next chapter is. Uh, what's it like when you move on? It's odd, it's different, but the great thing is, Scott Van Pelt is still a friend. Uh, John Gruden's still a friend. You're still a friend. You still have the people who are part of your life and your ESPN family. They remain your friends, and you just do things at a different place. And it is unique, and it's different, but in some ways it's energizing as well to get a, to get a, chapter, a new chapter in your career written. So you're, you know, you're going to be great as long as we all return your phone calls. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. And speaking of phone calls, just so everybody knows how good of a dude Tarico is, uh, when I was still doing weekend stuff, I hadn't even filled in with him when it was the Mike Tarico show. I went to commercial. I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize, and I said, "Hey," and he's like, "This is Mike Tarico." I was like, "Oh, cool. Hey, what's up, man?" And you go, "Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You're doing it the right way. You're a really good listen." And I remember I called my dad when I was driving back to Boston that night to brag about it, that Mike Tirico called me to tell me I did a good job. So thanks thanks for everything. You mean a lot to me. Thank you. A very, a very low barometer that you said, but I, I, I mean it. Nothing like people who you listen to who are entertaining and informed, and you have been both every time you turn that microphone on, and I know you, you still will. I, I will count on your podcast to keep me up to speed on the NBA while I'm over in Korea during the Olympics. Perfect. Yes, that's right. Enjoy <laughs> Korea. That is my trick. You're the best, buddy. Thank you. Hey. Happy, happy holidays, guys. Appreciate y'all. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. They started to hate 90s NBA players the last few years because by their math, the NBA athlete is going to be even worse. Imagine how bad NBA is going to be in 2075. He's so terrible and bad at it because it's the only sport that's going in the opposite direction. But then we started talking about dynasties and how we always compare all these teams. So then I thought with Adnan, we should do a segment where we compare historical dynasties and argue it as if it's a sports talk show. I've brought up this theory numerous times before, and, and I think it's it's gaining some traction in just how we are trashing NBA stars because of their shortcomings in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We, we can now, imagine if you were doing talk radio historically, and you just started talking about the resumes of great warriors. Okay, and like what would you say? Like thing, some of the things that we say are fair, mm-hmm. as I pointed out at the top of the show. I think some of the things that are anti-Steph are unfair. Um. And we'll see how many people agree when we do sort of a a interrogation, cross-examination of me mm-hmm. on that one. But if you look back through history, right, a lot of great warriors, yeah, leaders of men. Sure, historical figures, inspiring, galvanize the troops. But like when we look at Big O, we go, Oscar Robertson, oh my gosh, triple-double, but, yep. you know, was he was he winning? You know, there were more possessions back then. Bill Russell, sure, the 11 rings, 13 seasons, but there's less teams, no free agency. It's not the same. There's always a hole in the resume. Right. Yeah, the Lakers got lucky with the draft picks. I mean, they win the thing, then they get James Worthy. Like, that doesn't happen again. Right, Byron Scott. <laughs> so we do a lot of this. Like, if you and I were just sitting around and doing a talk show, say, when Richard the First, Richard the Lionheart, was, was running England. Yeah. And then we had to look back at, like, how he stacked up against other great warriors. What? Monarchy back then. Right. Like, would you go, hey, look, he he started his first army, he was 16, so stat compiler, like he's getting a jump start. It's like comparing him against the guy that went to college for three years or straight out of high school. He's much better on the road. 
way better because he didn't, you know, he wasn't paying attention to the the kingdom as much as just going out there and just taking over stuff. So right. his home road splits are heavily like just massive discrepancy between those two. Right. Um. And then look, there's some off the battlefield stuff that you'd worry about taxing the clergy, which is a total no. Like he just didn't mess with the church to pay for your own ransom. Right. And he was caught. He got caught a bunch of times, like flat out. Like if you're a great leader, you're a great warrior. Like what's up with you getting caught? You know, William Wallace. Great. Yeah. Like at the end, the end for William Wallace is a lot like Jordan with the Wizards. Like mm-hmm. it's going to tarnish your legacy when they start pouring your guts out in front of the village. Well, William Wallace, you're not saying it's overrated, are you? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, start to finish, his highs are really high, but this... William Wallace's lows are like incomparable. But like, we love inspirational speeches. You think of Braveheart, William Wallace galvanizing the troops. Leader of men, no doubt. But I can't, like when you're. England was at the end of its dynasty, you're saying then. I don't think England cared about that territory as much. It wasn't like they were motivated. It was like their fourth time through. Mm. You know? He's into the Yankee dynasty. Yeah, right. Sure. Like, yeah. okay, what are we going to do? Win another ring? And that's kind of how England was talking about. They're like, we don't even care. We don't even know we care about Scotland that much, do we? <laughs> like, are we even sending our best guys out there? Mm-hmm. You know, injuries. And then you start thinking about, like, stats. And William Marshall, a.k.a. the Earl of Pembroke, on his deathbed, He's he's claiming five hundred one on one murders. So he's not like Durant's not joining William Marshall. Marshall was doing this all on his own as a knight, again, on his deathbed claiming he took out over five hundred knights in one on one battle. But is this like, like, just, this, who else? That's Chamberlain stuff. But this is like Cy Young five hundred and eleven wins. It was a different game back then, dead ball era. Like So you're saying too many starts. Yeah, I just think, I don't, A, I don't think it can be verified. Okay, but I know this. Like, he never joined anybody in free agency. They never traded for anybody. When it came to him, mano a mano against another knight, like, you can't knock that. Like, say what you want. You're right, but yeah. Cy Young does have 500 wins. Like, he did actually do that. So I understand the game was different back with the Earl of Pembroke, but, like, 500 kills are 500 kills. I'm waiting for the big daddy of them all. When I think of inspirational leaders, I think of true warriors. Mm-hmm. There's one name that stands above them all. Patton. A lot of help, though. <laughs> what do you mean? Patton, how can you criticize Favored Patton? in every war. Well, listen. Every one the- of them. Tell me when he was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it's one thing to be favored. It's another thing to execute. Hey, I World get it. Like, wars. Look, Patton look. is the guy. He's got the titles. Right. But... There's something to be said about being challenged every now and then. And we're just, when you're just rolling out tank after tank after tank. <laughs> but he's you know, the GOAT. He's Michael Jordan. That's Patton. Right. But, like, what's Italy's resume in the 40s? Oh. Not good. <laughs> you know? I mean, look, no disrespect to the Jazz, but, like, that's kind of how I look at the Jazz. Like, nice squad. Right. But you're never going to be favored in this thing. All right. Path to least resistance. And I'm, then and yep. then there is the, one of the all-timers. Napoleon. You want to talk about doing the most with the least? Galvarino, the Chilean Wolverine, who was captured by the Spaniards where they cut off both of his hands and he was, wasn't was killed. They wanted him to go back to Chile. And you know, when you think about, like, all-timers, Chile never comes up, ever. When's the last time you sat around with your buddies and talked about world empires and domination and Chile came up? Never has happened. Exactly. Zero is the number. Don't yeah. even debate it. Don't even send in anything I Rosillo show. People are going to start tweeting in Chilean warriors. Yeah. This dude, yeah. this dude said, fine, you make an example of me. I'm taping knives to my stumps. That's doing the most with the least. He had no hands. Get sent back on a boat, and I can tell you this: the lodging on that boat couldn't have been great. And then Scurvy he starts. Outbreak. He just starts taking dudes out left and right with knife hands. 
because he, all he has are forearms. And that's like. So who is he, Russell Westbrook? Doing the most with the least? He has no support He's got system. nothing. Knives he for hands. hands. Knives for hands. And he never gets brought up, man. Like, I'm not telling you he's the greatest of all time. Right. But find somebody else that is more overlooked than the Chilean Wolverine Galvarino. So who's the basketball equivalent of the Chilean warrior here? Never gets talked about, underrated, did a lot with nothing. Hmm. Like, I feel like contemporary, that's like Russ, one man Yeah, band. right. Terry Cummings, Milwaukee Bucks. Definitely does not ever get mentioned. There you go. That's <laughs> not gotten the respect he's deserved. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Are we doing our five problems with cinema list right now or no? <laughs> uh, wait a minute. We do have Steve Young. We yes, have okay, Steve good, Young. Good, good, All right. Good, sure. I did three different segments in 20 seconds there. Steve, the Hall of Famer, yes. is with us now. How are you, sir? Hi, buddy. I'm good. I have to apologize for last week. My wife was in my ear while you were trying to talk to me about 6,000 things I got to do for the Christmas list, and I, you were asking me questions, and I was, I was baffled. I apologize. I owe you 100% of my attention this week. Okay. All right. We've got four <laughs> minutes, so let's run. Um, is it possible? That is so good, by the way, and you don't have to apologize to anybody. You're terrific. Uh, Blake Bortles, he's had this three-week stretch, but is it even possible that somebody this many years into their career could then at the end of, what, the fourth year flip this switch where they are now a, I'm not talking superstar, but franchise QB? Well, there's different jobs, right? I mean, think about it. There's the carry all the water, you know, uh, make all the plays, sideline to sideline reads, uh, be the reason. And that's not the job that he's asked to do, and nor is he ready to do that. And nor is, you know, 30, you know, 27 guys in the league are not ready to do that. But there are jobs where Dak and Dallas and now the Jacksonville job where you have a a little different with Dallas, but ferocious defense, great offensive line, great runner. And now all of a sudden I put the ball in, pull it back out, and the defense is like, whoa, space. And now you can go one to two. Colin Kaepernick did that in San Francisco, as you recall, in 2012 and 13. I mean, that best offensive line in football, great runner in Frank Gore, ferocious defense, and now he put the ball in, pull it out, and people, you know, you know, Vernon Davis is wide open. Boom, I can, I can hit those guys. I can do that job. And Blake Bortles didn't feel, I didn't feel like he was even capable of doing that job, which is a, that's a fun job to have, by the way. Yeah. But I don't think he was capable of that. And now he's proven, yeah, maybe he is. And if he is, and they stay ferocious on defense and they can run the football, then there's no reason why this team can't run the table. I mean, that's what Denver did a couple of years ago with, with Peyton Manning with one arm. And so to me, you know, if Blake can continue to put points on the board, throw some touchdowns instead of kicking field goals and not lose the game, ball flopping around, strip sacks, and wonder what happened, all of a sudden the Jacksonville Jaguars get serious in my mind. Uh, certainly they are a powerful team in the AFC. Drew Brees, Matt Ryan squaring off against each other, Steve, the 19th time. Most common regular season starting quarterback matchup in the Super Bowl era. Who do you think has the really? edge? 
Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. How about this? Including uh, the playoffs, only Jim Kelly versus Dan Marino, a more common matchup in that span. Nuts. I mean, yeah. it's funny how time just flies. Yeah. I, I feel like Drew Brees, has got, he's got to be a little giddy. I mean, how long, even in the Super Bowl that they went, he carried that team. The defense was turning it over a bunch, but they weren't, they weren't that good. All of a sudden, he's got a couple corners and a defense that's putting up, you know, great numbers, and they're still, they're, they're, they're legit, you know, top half of the league. He's not had that before. And now he's got a runner that's like this rookie that's incredible. Got another great Ingram's a great run. He got all the great play calling combinations. And now he can sit back and go, Hey, I can orchestrate this thing and I can even do more. It's super exciting. So you talk about me, him versus Matt Ryan. I think Drew's in a, in a tremendous place. Matt watching him personally up week, last week and up close. They're not, they're not productive every down. They have the talent to be as good or better than the Saints. And I can say that matchup would be Matt Ryan's favor, but they're not productive every down. They're like, Five of ten, well, they need to be nine of ten. And I don't mean big chunk plays. I mean every down, three. Drop it off and put pressure on the defense every down. They have the talent to do it. And when you have that talent and you put pressure every down, things explode. That's what Pittsburgh can do. There's a few teams that can do that. And I think it's Matt Ryan's job to be productive every down. Figure out a way to put three yards on the board. And then over time, they can explode. And they're not doing that. And that's why, to me, I just they're, they're a mystery. I don't know why they're not as explosive as they could be. Steve, I have very little time, so maybe 20 seconds. Are you worried that your standing with the Niners will drop to three now behind Montana and Garoppolo? <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially looks. Uh, yeah. So, look, right now, it's great. And he's got a lot more filters to go through. But you come in and you solidify a team that's struggling, give them hope. Uh, get the job done. Third, you know, last couple, last second drive to do it. Uh, look, everyone's like, "Well, oh, this guy's a veteran." They look like he's been played forever, even though he's only played six games. I mean, pretty good. It's been awesome. Hey, get that Christmas list done, man. Thanks so I'm much. Almost for... done. All right, All right you're buddy. the best. That's Hall of Famer Steve Young, Daryl Morey, GM of the Rockets. Next, the Ryan Rosillo Show. The Rosillo Show, the final one will be tomorrow. we got Van Pell calling in. It looks like Chris Long's going to stop by, maybe a surprise or two. So I've had a lot of fun. Let's keep it rolling here. A guy I've known a long time. He has been great as a general manager. I think in the beginning some people wondered, is this really going to work out? And so far, I know it's not the ultimate goal, but Daryl Morey's been terrific with the Rockets. And the general manager joins us now. What's up, Daryl? How are you doing? Hey, Ryan. Hey, Adnan. How you doing? Doing great, Daryl. Thanks for coming on. We, we're, I know you and Ryan go way back, so we obviously are going to talk with the Rockets, the great success you're having. But at some point, if you want to get a little emotional here with Ryan, we are going to save time for that, just so you know. We're going to get emotional? <laughs> well, like, you know. We... Uh, Roy, Roy Firestone type stuff? <laughs> exactly. Thank you for making this weird before we even got there. Daryl. Daryl's <laughs> far too. He's, he's just straightforward. None of that's going to happen. He'll get emotional if... if he has another game like last night. Um, yeah, no, that was uh, – we timed this well. It's always good to come on after a loss. Yes, right. <laughs> Great. But you have built-in yeah. excuses, at least we could do that. So you guys have been great, though. I mean, that's the thing so far. Defensively, you know, looking at all these things. So you don't have to sell me on Chris Paul. I've always been a big Chris Paul defender. You bring him in, it has worked. But I'm actually very interested in the process of talking that out. What were – if there were any – like if you're doing pros and cons, were there ever negative questions that you were asking on how it could actually impact the franchise? Because so many people worried about it as a basketball fit. Well, I think uh, you know, given how good James is with the ball in there, his hands, I think there are natural questions by by everybody. Like, hey, does it make sense to take 
you know, the ball, even if it's only for 20 minutes, you know, somewhat out of James Harden's hand because he's so good. So I think that was a reasonable question. We were pretty confident in it. Mike had coached both. Uh, so I think that was a big positive. You know, James Harden uh, knows Chris well, and both of them thought it should work. And a lot of uh, a lot of this business is about the Dumbo feather. If you believe it works, it works. So I think uh, so. I think uh, that was another uh, that was another positive factor. And then for every overlap we have, which is you know in the twenty minutes when they play together. Um, you know, where one of them, you know, one of them doesn't have the ball primary on a particular possession, you know, that's easily trumped by the fact that Chris was really born to play for Mike D'Antoni. I mean, he, he, he can fully show what he's been born to do, which is to have a spaced floor, uh, early offense with shooters all around him. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable what Chris can do, uh, in, you know, in our structure. Daryl, there's no doubt offensively, like you said, you, you could imagine this being a match made in heaven with names like D'Antoni and Paul and Harden, but defensively, the numbers have been really good. How do you explain that? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, one is Chris is really, really good defensively. I think ESPN, you know, and other people have probably questioned this, but it shows he's in the conversation, had him rated as the best uh, point guard defender in the history of the NBA. Now, I think, again, I think people could reasonably you know, list other guys, but he's, he's for sure in the conversation as one of the top defensive players at his spot over his career. And uh, so he's an upgrade. Then obviously Luke Mbamute has been fabulous for us. PJ Tucker has been fabulous for us. Clint Capella has taken another step forward on his defensive prowess. Uh, when you have other defenders around, James has uh, always been a very capable defender, but has had to carry a huge load on offense. So he's, uh, he's had more energy for that end this year. So I think all of it's added up to us being like, yeah, yeah I think we're like the fifth or sixth or seventh rated off defense so far. It's been great. You mentioned before we're talking to Daryl Morey, GM of the Rockets, on that way you've, you've staggered the minutes. And, and traditionally, I know it's, it's not the, you're not the only team that's staggered. By the way, we're both friendly with the Celtics, and one of the key Celtics execs last year told me that he was confident we would be the 30th ranked defense. <laughs> so so uh, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to stick it to the un, uh, unnamed uh, Celtics executive who told me that. Wow, I could probably guess but I don't want to do that. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to Wow, that's crazy. They said you'd be 30 in defensive efficiency. 30th, yes. They they actually what he told me is they took an internal poll of <laughs> where we would rank and and he ranked us 30. And if he could have ranked us 31, he would have gone with that. <laughs> so, so he he honestly told me that story mostly to just be positive and just say, you know, it is, it it has been a great job by our coaching staff, uh, Jeff Bizdelic, our you know our defensive coordinator, really to to get us. We've got a lot of great offensive players. To get us playing as a unit defensively has been really, really great and, and a credit to our coaching staff for sure. Yeah, this year's seventh, and that's after last night's shoot fest by Kuzma. Yeah, that wasn't the best. Yeah. yeah. And then and then Yeah, we had we had a rough one. I mean, we I think we won twenty two out of twenty three or something insane, so I guess we can hopefully yeah, we, forgive yeah. one loss. But Daryl, uh, you're gonna be okay here. You're gonna be okay, but yeah, that's that's last I year. So. I wanted to point this out though, so people see your top ten this year, you were seventeenth last year, and there was a big discrepancy last year after makes after misses and then you know with Paul at the front of this thing defensively it just changes who you are so having said those things 
What surprises you, man? I know how much you think about this. There's that Michael Lewis chapter. Like, what about evaluating players and thinking about transactions in this league? What surprises Daryl Morey today? I mean, I can just say for our situation, what surprised me this year is that you go into every season saying, okay, if we have this player, you know, do this, and then that guy, you know, Clint Capella takes a step forward and, you know, Chris and James integrate as well as we felt it could work. You know, if you have all those things, if you have these things go well, we're going to have a really solid year. Rarely does it happen that we've had so far, obviously it's still early, where everything that you plan out goes as well or better than you expected. And that's, you know, we're, we've had that. And sometimes that means you're about to be due for, you know, a little bit of a punch to the mouth because the league is tough. Um, but yeah, no, we, we thought PJ Tucker would be great and he's been fabulous. We thought Clint could take another step forward and he has, we thought Chris would integrate. Well, so, you know, we've, we've, we've sort of hit on every, uh, hit on everything so far. And then that's rare, especially in free agency. Talk with Daryl Moore, the GM of the Houston Rockets right now on the Rosilla show. Daryl, I started rooting for you as a host of baseball tonight. Once I started reading, oh, this Daryl Morey guy is heavy into analytics and he's taking a page out of uh, what they've done in baseball and trying to find different ways to win. So I, I always find outside the box thinkers are, are probably underrated. Most, most people yeah. go the other way, right? Most people, most people go, in the beginning they do. They're like, what is this guy doing? And then they decide to hate, hate the Rockets. So I appreciate <laughs> you went the, 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 the positive way. No, so. absolutely. And I love the fact that you'll take chances. You'll take risks because you, you realize this is a tough gig. How motivated are you to keep pace with the Warriors? I mean, it's the only thing we think about. Uh, I think I'm not supposed to say that, but I mean, we, we're, we're, we're basically obsessed with how do we beat, the Warriors and uh you know we don't really we don't even deserve to say we don't we don't deserve to be able to even say that last year the Spurs knocked us off uh so we're very worried about the Spurs they always are you know one step ahead of every organization and guard us better than anyone uh but we know that you know it's like we calculated it's like 90% if we're going to win a title we've got to obviously beat the Warriors at some point and so we're we're extremely focused on that, and a lot of our signings and you know what we do during the year is based on that. Yeah, that is um, revealing, but it's it has to be the only thing. Like when I look at the defenders that you brought in, it looked like you have guys you're hoping can keep up, and you have multiple players that can switch and can defend. So how often do you and D'Antoni talk about what you're doing, and then also still pay attention to how they're playing? Yeah, and I don't know why you'd do anything else. Like, what, what, what is the point of this league except winning a title? So, I mean, we're we'd love to get the one seed. We'd love to win more games than any in Rockets history, which is fifty-eight. Those are all nice things, but you know, frankly, we spend most of our time just figuring out how we might be able to knock the Warriors off in seven games, and because we're pretty sure that's going to be what defines our season. Daryl, I'm really uh, happy for you and all the success, man. And thanks for taking some time out to join us here. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Best of luck. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.